Two weeks off now. Yep. Here's the bye week. Feel very well rested. I feel rested. I feel like uh, we've we've schemed up a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we got a whole new bag of tricks. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna go into our bag of tricks, pull out our, our best material for this podcast. Do you know that this podcast is um, thirty-seven and two after the bye week? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-seven really good podcasts and two two clunkers. Yeah, but those were the, you know... I mean, that's still good odds, though. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. Yeah. Our first 15 of this podcast, first 15 minutes, mm-hmm. going to be excellent. Yeah. So stick around. All right. What do we got this week? Uh, so we just played the Broncos. We did. But we played the Cowboys before the bye week and never talked about them. So do we want to talk about that game first? Yeah, let's, let's try to keep it sequential. Okay. Let's dive back into the depths of our memories here. It was so long ago. Yeah, this was pre-Thanksgiving. This is like when we discovered the Chiefs defense was actually good. Yeah, which still feels weird, but we'll, we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Um, how how big of a win do you think it was to beat the Cowboys? Well, you know, they had some injuries. That's true. They keep reminding us that. So did the Chiefs? They did. Probably, yeah. Who? <laughs> uh, I don't know, Clyde? I guess we lost Fenton towards the end of it. But. Yeah. Um, but no, beating the, the Cowboys was important because this is like the first good team at relative full strength that we've beat since the Browns, I think. I mean, we, we'd been cleaning up on some scrubs there for a while. We played Green Bay with Jordan Love. So yeah. this this felt like a real test, the Chiefs. And they didn't, they didn't pass it in the way that we would have thought, but they did pass. And I had said going into it, I didn't care how we went. I just wanted to win. And we did. And yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, I don't know if that's the state of the Chiefs or just the state of the league right now, where it's like, if you get away with the W, you don't care about what happened around that, you know? That is so true, especially this year. Yeah. And kind of both of these games kind of played out in similar fashion, where the defense really showed up and outperformed, and the offense had moments, but overall you're kind of disappointed and just kind of feel like it's still not quite where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and what's what's weird is it doesn't feel like it's that, you know, it's not the magic coverage necessarily that we've been seeing, right? I think the Cowboys played a lot of coverage too, but from what I understand, the Broncos really did not, which is surprising because this is supposed to be a big fan brainchild, this defense that beats elite passing offenses. That was surprising, and I, I'm basing that totally off of what Chris Collinsworth said during the broadcast, because just watching it as a viewer on your TV, you really can't see what the safeties are doing most of the time, yep. so it's something you have to kind of find out after the fact. He said they were hardly using it at all, which is surprising, and I wonder if maybe that was a ploy to kind of trick us, thinking that like we would expect too high safety the whole night. I don't know. It's kind of odd. Yeah. Um, and even otters, we didn't seem to take advantage of it if that was the case. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we had, like, basically no deep passes all game long. Yeah. So, I mean, both victories were very big, very important. Um, I think the Cowboys is a bit bigger deal because they're a better team. That said, the, the, the win against the Broncos was a bit more lopsided at 22-9. Well, you could argue, and I think you'd be correct in saying that the Broncos win was more important as far as playoff seeding, yeah. winning the division, all of that. But both of these games are huge. We're, we're now standing on a five-game win streak. Mm-hmm. If you go back to our last loss against the Bills? No. Titans. Yeah. yeah. If you go back then, it would have seemed just impossible that we'd win the next five games. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Football's a weird sport. 
Very strange. What's the um? Well, this is more of a preview question, so I won't ask you right now. But I'm, there's not too much that scares me in the rest of the schedule, I guess. Like maybe the Chargers. Yeah, well, it was interesting. After the bye week, they had one game against all three of our divisional opponents, and then, if I'm remembering correctly, we have Steelers, Bengals, and then Broncos did in the season. So it's really four divisional games, and then the Steelers and the Bengals, both of whom don't scare me too much. Where do you put the Chiefs' odds of winning out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would, I would at least, at least give us a fifty percent chance of winning out. Yeah, that's actually the exact answer I had in my head. I think it's fifty percent we lose none, um, thirty percent we lose one, and twenty percent we lose two. And obviously, with that last game of the season, maybe you're resting the starters like we normally have in the past. Who knows? I don't know, man. I just I don't know if you're going to be able to pull away enough. I mean, I'm thinking about like you've got seven teams right on the FC side. Certainly, there's going to be seeding implications the entire way. We're not going to get out to a big enough lead. We're yeah. just like, oh, we have one seed locked up, or oh, we can't get less worse than seven. Yeah, it's it's really wild this year. And in a way, I know this is dumb, but I'm almost kind of happy with that way because I want to have to play our starters and win that last game so we can keep the win streak against Denver alive. Yeah. 13 in a row. I don't, know, I don't know what it is about this year, but this is like the most even I've ever seen the league, especially the, the AFC. I think if you step back for a moment and look at kind of what's the story of this season, mm-hmm. I think it would be... Defenses across the league kind of starting to figure out how to handle these high-powered passing attacks. So it's like episode five, defense strikes back. Yeah, the defense strikes back. Um, episode six is return of the Pat Mahomes. Return of the Mahomes, yes. Uh, I, I keep thinking more analogies, but we can go down that round for a really long time, so yeah. it better not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just it feels like all of the teams that you think of as being normally good high-powered passing attacks They've all just kind of had really rough stretches this year. And mm-hmm. a lot of them, most of them have not figured it out, really. So, I don't, I don't think you can say any of these guys. I mean, like, of the quarterbacks who are really affected by it, I would say it's like Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Matt Stafford. Russell Wilson. Yeah, but was he ever really? I've, I've been thinking for a long time they are too reliant on his deep passes, and I yeah. think that's what's really gotten them this year. Okay, I, I tend to lump the Seahawks in, into the same bucket as the Titans, where it's like they play, they run the ball constantly except when they do play action, and their play action is extremely effective because of the run game. The Titans are better at it. Oh. That's kind of their... So you think Russ Wilson is a system QB? No. Spicy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got less potent rushing attack, but better deep ball. Yeah. And better receiver. Mm. Oh. No. Receivers are tied. I think he's got uh, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf basically the same guy. Well, I don't know. We're getting kind of granular here on yeah. the, the large scale. I guess not, my point is, I don't really consider like the Seahawks to be one of the elite passing offenses. Well, no, definitely not this year. Yeah. Maybe maybe Green Bay if, if Aaron Rodgers ever played enough at a consistent level for us to know whether he's good now. Yeah, maybe. One quick thing before we leave the Russ Wilson discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard someone say that, you know how like when you reach the half point mark of the NFL, everyone's like, well, who's the halfway point NFL? We should make an official award for the halfway point MVP and call it the Russell Wilson Award. Because <laughs> he wins it every year. Every year is like, can you believe he's never gotten a vote? Unbelievable. Okay, one more topic for we Russell Wilson. <laughs> Where do you think he's playing in 2022? Oh, um... Uh, Seahawks. Mm. I don't. I don't. You don't mind? I don't really think he's that committed to leaving. I. Th- I think they think he might be, but I think he's playing for the Saints. I don't think it's like um, Rogers, where he's basically said like, "This is it. I'm leaving after this year." Like he he kind of complained a bit during the off season, but for the most part, I think they figured things out. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're worse this year though than Packers. Oh yeah, no, they're they're bad. They run. They won on Sunday, but I mean their season's over. It's just no, they didn't. They got people out of the. No, they. Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah, they beat the Forty ers Okay, come here for arguing over who won on Sunday. <laughs> that uh, was way more Russell Wilson than I expected in the yeah. first fifteen years. Russell Wilson podcast. Um. So oh. back to the Chiefs. Oh yeah, victory over the Cowboys. Yes. Um. 
I think this is like you kind of had a couple quarterbacks here in a row in, in Dak Prescott and then, well, even back at Derek Carr, then Dak Prescott and Teddy Bridgewater where they're like, if you get them off the spot, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And now that we've got the the, the pass rushing combination that works for the Chiefs, which mostly includes Chris Jones on the inside and Frank Clark healthy, uh, and Melvin Ingram. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's definitely like part of that triangle of pass rushing. Yeah, this, this feels like a... Chiefs pass rush at its uh, at its optimum, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and it's been huge for the defense. It's totally kind of revived it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I know I'm repeating myself, but it is just crazy. You go back like two months ago, listen to some of our podcasts bemoaning the defense and like, oh my gosh, they're just never going to figure it out. And here we are. Well, listen, man if if they had made the changes that we suggested in like week two. <laughs> Rather than week seven or eight, then Chiefs record would be better right now. Best defense in the league. They should have listened to us. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Um. So, do we want to get into the Broncos game now? We do. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I hate the Broncos. In case you oh, didn't know that. That's established. Yeah. I know that. Like, as a Chiefs fan, I should hate the Raiders more, but like, my heart tells me I hate the Broncos more. I feel like the Raiders are like the Raiders kind of know their. It's place, such a you know? one-sided rivalry, yeah. Yeah, it's like we hate each other, but also they're always worse. Pretty much always worse. Yeah, you go back like the last two decades; they've been pretty much crappy the entire time. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it is kind of like just beating them down. It is fun, don't get me wrong, but you don't really have that like hatred for them. With the Broncos, I think the reason I dislike them so much is that they're. So many of them for a long time existed in kind of the, I don't know, afterglow or whatever of 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they haven't been that team ever since, but they still kind of think they are. And that's why I've always hated them. Well, their, their ineptitude at the quarterback position outside of Peyton Manning has been hilarious. Deeply ironic. Like just going through the who's who of media for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Rapin, Flacco. And some of these guys I Case Keenum. I not even heard of. Holy smokes. It's so many. <laughs> yeah. Drew Locke, who's soon to be at the journeyman backup quarterback. Yeah. They're bad. Um, and now they got they don't have Von Miller, which is really kind of like their last link to a 2015 dominant defense team. Yeah, Von Miller, he didn't I don't I don't think, I mean I feel like he's kind of like where Justin Houston was when the Chiefs let him go. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of at the tail end of his career. Doesn't has a little bit left, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I just love that Von Miller left the Broncos having never beaten Mahomes. Is that true? Yes, it's very true. Wow. Yeah, it was hilarious to see when like the Broncos. There was a game, and I'm forgetting which one it was, but it might have been Mahomes' first game with it, or no, it might have been the end of the 2017 season, where they just realized that. They had lost the Chiefs games for like the next six years, but did not had not happened yet. You know, <laughs> yes, Mahomes' first start, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're just like looking, like it was like a keep to leave, like and Bradley Ruby were just kind of looking at it and be like, "Oh crap, what just happened? We gotta get out of this division, man." Yeah, yeah. I think I think that a lot of Broncos players, probably including Von Miller, just kind of saw the writing on the wall and realized it was about to happen. Like, well, that time to me be heading that town. Yeah, and now they finally have. I think they're going to be pretty good, though, eventually. Because they've got Patrick Sertica. The defense is going to be good eventually. The defense is good now. And the running back is good. The running back is surprising. I think it's yeah. the first time we played him. He had a, a stellar game. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, not the answer. I mean, I knew that. I knew that so long ago. I could have told them he was not the answer. What is it about, okay, with, with the possible exception of Bill Belichick, what is it about defensive-minded coaches that just freaking love average veterans? It's because they want to win with their defense. Yeah. So they they want a quarterback that's good enough to let them do that. And they want to take all the resources they would be paying to a superstar and make their defense better. So it, it's not like a totally, totally unreasonable mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really works in today's NFL very well. It really doesn't. And it, it can work, but I don't, I don't think what the Broncos are working. It, I don't think what they're doing is working. What they're doing is going to lead you to like eight and nine, nine and eight every season. Mm-hmm. So if that's what they want, then you know 
keep plugging away. That's what they've been doing for the last half decade. Yeah, the Broncos have kind of reached this happy, happy medium where they're never going to be good enough to do damage, but they're never going to be bad enough to get Fangio fired. So I'm just kind of hoping they, they kind of like stick with this like stasis forever. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I hope he has a long, happy career. I mean, at some point they're going to get their membership situation figured out. And then, you know, I think people will actually be held, held accountable for a bit. Well, okay, there's a real GM now because John Elway has, uh, has kind of been relegated to like uh, owner's box emeritus popcorn eater. Promoted out of the organization. <laughs> no, that was exactly it. Because we got to get him out of here, but we also got to kiss his, his ring finger. So let's yeah. get him up here. Yeah, I, I think Fangio's probably going after this year. This year, you think? Yeah, I do. If, if they don't they? make the playoffs. Is it 6-6? Six six? Yeah. Ah, man. This will be the third year in a row where they don't don't make the playoffs and don't even really have like a winning record. Yeah, but I think they probably realize they've also got like a bottom 10 roster if they don't have a decent coach. I just don't know if they're going to have like the, the, the fortitude to fire their coach if he's got a, a mediocre record. Uh, maybe. 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 I, hope, I hope they let him stick around because I think that's best for the Chiefs. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Enough Broncos talk. They stink. Yep. Um, let's talk about the Chiefs a little bit. Okay. So, offense or defense first? Well, our tradition is to go with the unit that had the best game. So, All right. defense. Let's talk about the defense. Yeah. Dan Sorensen. Yeah, we, we, He's called back. It, we called it in our last podcast. We need sometimes food. He is back. In a big way. What's that? Is, isn't there like some some element or compound that if you if you add just enough of it, it makes you healthy, but if you eat too much of it, it's poisonous? Um, probably like dairy for yeah. Like humans. Yeah. Probably. It's like it's like calcium. A glass of milk is fine. Actually, this is a very good example. A glass <laughs> of milk is fine. A gallon of milk will kill you. You don't want a gallon of Dan Sorensen. No. You just want maybe a glass of some Oreos. That's yeah. its time to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a little side, you know? Yeah. Dan Sorensen is like milk. I do love he's okay. he's okay and white. <laughs> there was at one point in the game that you were complaining about Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen. Get these scrubs off the field. <laughs> and then later on, they, it, was Dan, it was Ben Neiman that tipped the, or kind of hit the arm of the quarterback and then Dan mm-hmm. took it to the house after the pick. Um, I just, I can't imagine a worse feeling than having Dan Sorensen get a pick six on you. And not like a, you know, they jumped a screen pass at the five-yard line and ran it in. That was a long pick six. Yeah, and he also had, and he, wait, he also lowered the shoulder on Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. As he was going down. And then high stepped into the yeah, end. Yeah, and did that, like, dorky dad <laughs> dance back to the end zone. Look what I got, look what I got. That was the weirdest celebration I've ever seen. Oh, that, Somehow did not get called for taunting. That had to be brutal. That was, yeah, like I said, one of the more demoralizing plays. And they always happen against the Broncos for some reason. Yeah. That's like my, my favorite plays is like, we beat you, but with someone stupid. Yeah. With the with the Raiders, we beat them by a lot. Mm-hmm. With the Broncos, we beat them in embarrassing fashion. <laughs> so That's true. Yes. It was, it was great. I loved the whole game. I know people were still kind of worried about the offense. But, man, I just love winning. Yep. I don't really care that much how we do it. Yeah. Um, no, I honestly believe that like Sorensen is a good contributor whenever he's used in the right situations at the right point in the field. That is almost always up near the line of blitzing, like a box safety. Do not put him in coverage on tight end. Do not put him as a single high safety. That is just a, a it's a mean thing to do to Dan Sorensen. Yeah. Get some exposed. Yeah. Just the right amount, and it's 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 beneficial, not poisonous. Yeah, got it perfect. Yeah. Um, I want to say that kind of shout out uh, Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker, mm-hmm. kind of filling in for Sean Fenton. And again, I know maybe not the most difficult matchup against Teddy Bridgewater, but I didn't notice them like in bad ways all night long. Awesome. So that's good. Uh, okay, I did not notice Mike Hughes, which is great. So, yeah, I usually do. Baker had a good game. He had some good like good coverage, good pass breakups. Yeah. Charvari's Ward could have had like a fantastic game. You kept dropping picks. Yeah, there was one that he kind of dropped. It was like hard to catch anyways, and then one that was like, oh, it was right there for you. Yes. Oh, uh, Juan Thornhill had a pick. So to me, to me, we've whenever you have Juan Thornhill getting picks, Dan Sorensen getting picks, 
That means you have found the right position for all of these safeties. Yes. We, have, we have found the optimal combination for our safeties. Everything's working. Yeah. And if we get Rashad Fenton back, I mean, I kind of postulated it earlier, but I'm going to like beat my fist on the table and declare it now. Mm-hmm. This secondary is good. Yeah. If we have all of our stars in there, it is a good secondary. I think uh, I think we're starting to see – we're, we're going to talk about the pass rush. That's showing up big time. Oh, yeah. Uh, linebacker four seems solidified. Willie Gay, I think, is like a Pro Bowl caliber talent. Here's a question for you. Yes. Why is Anthony Hitchens? Why is he? Well, he's great at throwing technically illegal blocks that look awesome. Oh, yeah. So, he didn't need to get a solid crack back got called. You have that. That was about the coolest thing I think he's ever done in his time in Kansas City. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't. He I, he did have one good play. I didn't like him notice him being a problem. I'm still of the opinion I'd rather just see Bolton in there because I think he's the future of that position, and I think he's at least as good, if not better, right now. Yeah. The only thing I would say in like defense of that decision is that the Mike linebacker is kind of like the quarterback of the defense, so to speak. Bolton's done very well. In his I know, I know, I know. I I, I want to see the snap breakdown to see how it how it measured out between Bolton and Hitchens. But to me, if it was like Bolton was in on 40% of the snaps and we were having problems with the run defense, which we were, well, there's your solution. Yeah. He's our he's probably our best run defender on the whole team. Yeah. I think that's that's safe to say. He'd be pretty much single handedly shut down Derrick Henry, so I would love to see him in there more. Yeah. I think basically where we're at is when the Chiefs are in base and have three of our like normal linebackers on the field, Bolton's on the field. And yeah. whenever we go our dying packages, that's when he's out and then we get Ben Neiman. So maybe Ben Neiman's better in coverage. Listen, I know it worked out that one time, but the idea that Ben Neiman would be in for passing downs and Willie Gay would not blows my mind. No, I think... I think Willie Gay would be in for passing downs. I think it'd be Hitchens, Neiman, yeah. Gay in for passing downs. That's another guy that almost had a almost had an interception. Willie Gay, yeah, came very close. Like for as bad a game as, as Teddy Bridgewater played, it came very close to being abysmal. Like he should have been sacked probably three or four more times. Yeah, they should have been picked two or three more times. This felt like a blowout in the first half, mm-hmm. but it didn't wasn't really reflected. It was like a ten point game. It felt like it should have been twenty or thirty. This is a good segue. Because our offense could not capitalize on any of these opportunities. Yeah. So the offense came out like gangbusters, and they looked great for like the first drive and a half. Whenever they're in those like first fifteen plays, I think Andy Reid had those schemed up really well. I mean, rolling. Um, and then I don't know. The offense just kind of went to sleep for a bit. And by a bit, I mean kind of the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, I think. <laughs> Do you remember like whenever we used to get very confident when the Chiefs were getting third and long? Yes. Where it was like, oh man, this is Pat Mahomes down. Yeah, third and 15. Sounds like you were crazy. Third and 15 was the Mahomes special. And now we're like in the Alex Smith type of offense where it's like big drop on second down, your drive is done. Holding penalty on first down, you're done. Anything that puts you in like a negative game script, you're done. It's It's so... Bizarre and opposite of everything that we've kind of seen from the Mahomes-led offense in the mm-hmm. last three years. It's kind of hard to process, but I mean that's just kind of it's where we are at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the main culprit last night would have been the drops, right? Yes, there were there were like three or four like drive-killing drops. Drive-killing drops, and we had a lot of like drive-killing holding penalties too. Yeah, where we got behind the sticks. And weren't really able to get back. Uh, we had a, yet another Tyreek tap pass interception, which is just crazy. This third time that season this happened. I would love a like a real analysis as to why that is happening this year, because it's happening so frequently. It feels like there's got to be something like either Mahomes is throwing it too off target or too hard, or our receivers are. Doing something for, like if there, there was a person who would like just have an explanation for the tip pass interceptions, yeah, that would be super fascinating. Well, it's like if Mahomes has the perfect pass, mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't happen, or if Tyreek focuses on catching a little bit more, maybe it doesn't happen. But I think really a lot of it is just bad luck. 
So, I mean, you see, we watch football every Sunday. I see dozens of plays like that where the ball just falls harmlessly to the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't no, know. I, I do think at this point defenders expect it. I think that defenders, when they're playing the Chiefs, prioritize turnovers even more than they would prioritize turnovers in a normal game. So yeah. maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the offensive line is playing well with the exception of the holding penalties. Um, the coverage here, the, the, yeah, the, the pass, uh, pass protection seems to be there. Um, yeah, man, the drops. Like, Kelsey had one pretty bad, I'm pretty sure. Pringle had a couple. Tyreek had a couple. Yeah. Um, well, in a, in a game where you only have a few possessions, like seven or eight, or how many we had there, which is very few for an NFL football game, mm-hmm. those those mistakes that kill drive become magnified. Because mm-hmm. if you have like a fast-paced game where you've got like 10 or 12 possessions, that's kind of like league, a- league average. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they become twice as important. Let me ask this. So, I mean, our, our whole question was, can Pat Mahomes play a conservative offense? What if the answer is yes, but the rest of the team is not there yet? Yeah, like our, that's our, possible. Our receivers are not, not, not disciplined enough um, in, their, in their catching. Our line is not disciplined enough in avoiding penalties. And like they're still playing the, oh, well, we can make it up with, and, a, with a big, long pass. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it is, you know, in prior years where we were a super fast-paced, high-scoring, mm-hmm. uh, high-flying passing attack, those mistakes got minimized because it's like, well, we lost on this drive, but we'll be back on the next one and score another touchdown or two. Yeah. So it's just like you kind of gloss over them, where it's like where we're having to play now, they get magnified. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I had another thought kind of related to the offense as a whole. So one of the biggest advantages schematically that the Chiefs have had in the last, uh, I don't remember how many years uh, Kelsey's has been here, but it's Kelsey. Yeah. He is a pass-catching tight end, the likes of which the NFL maybe has never seen. Definitely hasn't seen like in the time that he's been playing outside of maybe, I don't know, Gronk or somebody like that. No, mm-hmm. Nobody compares to like what Tyreek does for an offense the way that he does. And the reason that's such a huge advantage is that tight ends normally can't do that. The problem is if your second and third wide receiver – or not as good, it kind of starts to negate that advantage. Because back in the day, you had, say, Tyreek, and you had Sammy Watkins, and you had some other third receiver that was, you know, playing well. Mm-hmm. And you had to cover all those guys. And then in addition to all that, you also had this basically an additional wide receiver in Kelsey. Yeah. And now it's like we've got Tyreek and a bunch of dudes that can't seem to figure things out. And then you've got Kelsey. So I think it's a lot easier to manage Kelsey when you don't have those other wide receiver threats. You know what I'm saying? I do, and it raises some interesting points. Um, one, was the Sammy Watkins deal actually not that bad? Because, man, you know, if his individual performance contribution were not worth it, if he's lifting the entire offense because you have to cover him, maybe it worked. Yeah. Two, is wide receiver two the Chiefs' number one need? Because I think right now you'd say yes. I really do. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, the whole the whole defense seems solid, or at least it's a plan in place. The offensive line is great. Obviously, quarterback and running back. But yeah, man, we desperately need number two receiver. I think we did not realize like the dry rot occurring in the wide receiver core until we had to rely fully on like McCall Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle as a number two receiver, and then realized that none of them are actually starting caliber. You remember like Chris Conley? Yeah. Like Albert Wilson. Yeah, I would take either of those I guys. I miss right those now. guys, man. Yeah. Like, I know they, they didn't feel like huge, you know, losses whenever they left, but those were dudes that, like, they weren't, like, all-stars, but when, they, when their opportunity came, they capitalized most of the time. Yeah. And you can't really say that of a lot of our dudes right now. I think that this past game with Byron Pringle was especially disheartening because he kind of gained a reputation as someone who was, like, Solid hands, consistent play. He's not flashy, but he's good. And then he had two two drive-killing drops, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, now, one of them, he wasn't going to get the first time anyways, yeah. based on where he was catching it. One of them definitely, like, it was a beautiful pass by Mahomes, and he just yeah. straight bonehead dropped yeah. it. Yeah, one of them was, was pretty bad. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's normally that kind of player, though. He has been pretty reliable 
prior to this game, right? Yeah, I don't want to overreact based on one game, but it's like this yeah. felt like he was almost featured in this game. He did not come up. Well, he he's kind of if you look at the snap count and like the routes run count, he's kind of replaced Nicole mm-hmm. as the wide receiver too. So when do you think we're going to give Josh Gordon like eight targets? Is that ever going to happen? Probably not. We just decided he's not good. Yeah, it's possible. It's just, I mean, it's confusing to me how his his usage to this point. I mean, we have to remember that dude hadn't played football in a very long time. He's kind of up there to begin with. So it was always kind of a long shot. And they kind of hyped him up whenever he first came in, which surprised me. Um, and there's been kind of some kind of some words about how he's still getting the football shape. Um, I don't think learning the offense was maybe quite as easy as he seemed to think that it was whenever he first signed. So I don't know. I I don't think we have like an elite wide receiver in him that we're just not using. I think it's probably he's just not a whole lot better than what we've got right now. So yeah, given what we've talked about at this point, it feels like the question comes down to can the Chiefs play mistake-free football? Is it no drops, or next to no drops, next to no offensive holding penalties? Or do they need to wait until the offseason to address their zero position before they could, their offense can get back on track? I mean, maybe I'm a little bit confused by the question. Obviously, we can't wait till the offseason because we got to... I'm saying, when, 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 does the, when does the Chiefs offense become elite again? Is it whenever we figure out how to play off elite mistake-free football? Or um, do we have to wait until we get a, like a, a second and third wide receiver in here to open up the field again? Well, I would say that it's not usual, it's not ordinary to be able to play mistake-free football. Everybody would do that if they could. Yeah. So it's not like this, oh, let's just flip that switch and then boom, we're away we go. Yeah, but right now we're playing mistake-filled football. That's true. But I guess that's maybe the way I need, I'm framing it is we need to not play mistake-filled football. <laughs> we need to get back to league average with mistakes, and then we'll be a lot better. I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever seen drops and weird interceptions infect a team the way that has the Chiefs. Yeah. Where it's almost like it's catching. It's been very, been ah, very weird. Catching. Yeah. Like it's contagious. Yeah, it feels a little bit, uh, if I were to make another sport analogy here, it feels a little bit like whenever the best hitters on a team start to slump a little bit, and then the whole team kind of goes cold mm-hmm. for a spell of games. That kind of feels like where we've been at this year. Yeah. And to answer your question, like when, when are we going to see the Chiefs that we saw before? When are we going to see the Chiefs offense of old? Uh, it might not be this year. Yeah. It's, it's entirely possible, and that's not the end of the rule, because our defense is playing really well. Um, it could, they could still turn it on. You just never know. Again, football is weird. Um, I, I think playing more mistake-free will definitely, obviously, let us score more points. I don't know if it's going to let us put up 35 a game like we had been. I mean, we, we've done it at points this year. You know, we did it against, I think, the Browns. We did it against the Raiders. Yep. So it's not like it's out of, out of the question, but... It's not going to be consistent the way it was in, in years past. No. And I, I do think part of it is a fundamental roster issue where our second, basically our, our pass-catching options outside of, you know, Tyreek, Kelsey, and then weirdly the running backs all of a sudden um, is just pretty poor right now. And I think that's something we're going to have to address. So, yeah, it may, it may not be this year. You know, I think that the best fix for the immediate, intermediate term um, is to get the running backs very involved in the passing game. I think we're starting to do that, but that that that's like options like Hill, Kelsey, running back. Yeah, that's more, a, that's more than like a check down. Yeah, yeah. Like like let's finally actually do what we've been paying lip service to, to draft Clyde and get him design or get, get him involved on some design routes and design screens. No, I have a question for you, real yeah. quick. This is like kind of a side note. I have heard a whole lot about Clyde being this pass-catchy running back, and that's why they drafted him. Mm-hmm. My question is, was that something we heard like officially from the Chiefs or Andy Reid, or is that just kind of more on the fan side, the fan analyst side? I think it was said quite a bit when we drafted him, but it wasn't something like out of training camp necessarily or out of his first year, you know. Um and I don't really – I didn't watch that many LSU games, so I don't know if he was actually that dangerous as a pass-catching back uh, out of college. Um, all, all I know is they kept comparing Brian Westbrook, who's apparently a very good pass-catching back. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, he seems to do well when we put him in those situations. I think he's doing better in pass pro. Um, he seems to be a, a, an effective runner overall. I think he's probably more effective overall than Daryl Williams right now, based on the time he's been back. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I wouldn't say it's like a big increase, but of the two, I think he's better overall. And you don't really need to make a choice. You can get them both involved. Yeah. what we've been doing. Which, yeah, we're always going to do that. It's like, if there's ever a time we needed that advantage from the running back position that he was supposed to bring, it's now. Yes. So, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So, defense great. Offense, meh. Meh. Special teams. Special. Pretty good. Bucker squeaked in a missed extra point when we didn't need it. So, yeah, he, he has a single doink. He has an orthodox with a double doink that Kyra signed to his head. <laughs> Um, in his defense, it was swirling winds at Arrowhead. Pounds for fine. Apparently, Tommy Townsend is now one of the better punters in the NFL. Good for him. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, we did not have any fumbles on the kick recovery or kick return, which is all I ask for ever. Yes, I, I really like. I don't care about return yards. Just don't fumble. Yeah, the one I care about. the one like like dumbass special teams moment of the week was when the Broncos kicked an offside or onside attempt. Demarcus Robinson bobbled it. Yeah. And then ran around and caught it again. <laughs> we said at the time, like, oh, they're targeting. Oh, yeah. Dude, Rob. They're like, which is the most, like, chaotic, evil player on the Chiefs? <laughs> that is DeMarcus Robinson. Hey, he got it, though. Second try, he got it. He finally got it, yeah. <sighs> that guy. I don't understand how he's even still playing for the Chiefs, honestly. Like, we all thought he would never get a second contract. Well, I don't think we're paying him very much. I think that's your answer right there. Because he, he, like, left in free agency, went to see if they wanted to pay him. Nobody did, and then he came back. So, wonder. All right, so I guess kind of getting large picture here for a bit before we get into the Raiders. And don't let, don't let me forget to do game balls too. Game balls. Um, I've heard this discussed among Chiefs circles the last couple of weeks, and I thought maybe it was a little preemptive, but maybe now I'm starting to believe it. Are we just a defensive team now? You know, actually, I think we might just be a balanced team, but we're so used to being an offensive team that we don't really know what that looks like. That's true. Maybe maybe our view of a defensive team is a balanced team. Yeah. Because it's just been so lopsided the last, I don't know, half a decade or so. Because it's not, it's not like you can't it. just, it's not like you just can't move the ball on the Chiefs, right? You can. Yeah, I mean, they're stingy, but you can. We're back to, like, the opportunistic defense. It's like, we're going to get weird turnovers. We're going to we're gonna occasionally have the sack on third down. Um, but we're still not, like, the like the, the Iron Curtain, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to, like... No, Nobody really has, like, a complete shutdown defense in the NFL these days. Mm-hmm. But what they do have is a, a team that can be stingy. Yeah. And that's basically where we're at right now. I think our defense is performing at like nine, 80 to 90% of its potential, and then our offense is still performing at like 60% of its potential. Yeah. And given the talent levels on both sides of the ball, that's a decently balanced team. Yeah. And balanced football, we have seen in years past, that is the way to play. It's balanced football. My concern is I do not believe we can win an AFC championship. I don't think we can get to the Super Bowl with without a great offense. Right now, we're like... Maybe a good offense sometimes. I would counter and say that I think we could, if the defense plays at the level that it has been, and the offense plays like okay to good, I think you could get to the Super Bowl with that. Because I really, I'm not that scared of any other team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think they all have flaws, as much as the Chiefs, if not more. Well, the one team that really seemed to dominate us um, was the Titans. And they are not the same team anymore. No, they, they're starting to have one of those, like, getting... I call it... I, the term I used is being injured to death. Yeah. Where, like, you can sustain a few injuries or maybe one in two injuries to key players, but at a certain point, you just cannot compete anymore. And that's... They're basically right at that point right now. Yeah. I think so. If we, if we look back and, and saw, like, the teams that we lost to during that, like, that stretch where we realized, oh, this is going to be a different year, right? It was the Ravens. Chargers, Bills, Titans. Yeah. If we played the Ravens today, it would be a very different game, I think. Yes. Uh, because we've I got Chris Jones on the inside. We've got Frank Clark now. Secondary's um, playing real well. Yeah. Linebacker core is a whole lot different. He's not going to have any of those like, stupid busted coverages that he gets. Yeah, he might still, yeah. but fewer, let's say. Yeah, fewer. 
Um, the Chargers, we're going to find out in a couple weeks. Uh, I think we can. I honestly think we will play them a whole lot better the second time around. The Chargers are very inconsistent. Bills, I don't know. I really don't know about Bills. Well, we're going to find out a lot about them tonight. Yeah. Um, because it seems like we're seeing a little bit of the old Josh, like Josh Allen with the button smashing and panic plays, but he's also, he's still going to be able to run like a tank over you. I think it's very similar to what Mahomes and the Chiefs offense went to through earlier this year, where their offense is being limited by the way that uh, teams are playing them mm-hmm. with the too high uh, shell. And then Mahomes, or <laughs> Allen is pressing similar to what Mahomes is doing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're going through it, and they really, even more so than the Chiefs in years past, do yeah. not have a run game. I don't I don't think they're built to handle it as well as the Chiefs are. Not, no. not the Chiefs are handling it well, but the Bills, it feels like you know they're so one dimensional. Um, Very pass heavy. They do not have the run game the Chiefs do because it seems like the Chiefs kind of saw a bit of this coming and really invested in the run game. And also, I mean, Josh Allen is just not Patrick Mahomes. I think he gets a bit yeah. more squirrel brain when he's pressing. Yeah, and. The, the one saving grace is that he can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about better than Mahomes, but more often Mahomes because he can take more shots, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's just going to have – they're going to have to win that way because they, they got issues. And then with the Titans, I mean, like the whole contraption that was their offense has come undone. Yeah. I mean, the Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, like you just you – could, you could sustain a loss to one of those dudes, but – all three of them, it's like good luck, you know. And haven't had some bad, bad uh, injuries in the offensive line too. So the pass pro is not as good now. Uh, I think they did early in the season. I don't, I don't know where really where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just. I kind of feel bad because I feel like they're they were set up to be the best team in the AFC this year, and then they just got injured to death. That's one like kind of good thing about the Chiefs never coming out and blowing like, people right now. It's like no one's going to be like, yes, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, and that's when you get smacked. Yeah, and this like weird whack a mole season. It's like, oh, the Bills are the best team, done. Titans are the best team, beat. That's true. For a little while, we thought the Bengals are the best team. They lost to the Jets. It's it's been like a game of key to hill. Right? Whoever's on top, they just get blasted. Yeah, it was, there for a while. It was like a schedule where it's like, oh, you're the best team in the AFC. Embarrassing loss. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's weird for the Chiefs to be kind of flying under the radar like we have been most of the season, but it's kind of nice in a way. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this upcoming game? So it's Raiders week. Yeah. Playing the Raiders again. Um, Raiders just lost to Taylor Heineke in the footballs. So not not too scared. Can't relate to that at all. I feel like they kind of know that their season's on the line here. So it's possible that we get kind of like a, a last-ditch desperation effort. I think it's also possible that they just kind of fall flat and, you know. Well, I've heard they look lethargic in the game against the footballs. Yeah. So, an interim coach, team that's kind of seen their season fall apart in front of them. I, I think that, I don't know. I think I think you're right, but we're like, I think we're more likely to see, like, the defeated team rather than the like, caged animal, you know? That's true. I think like how the first quarter or so goes will dictate a lot of it. Because like yeah. if they come out fast and hot and they're playing well, maybe it could be a game. Uh, but if they come out and things start to go poorly, I think they could fall apart very quickly. I thought the most surprising part of our first match with the Raiders was how well we contained Darren Waller. And I yeah. think that was mostly done by keeping Honey Badger on him. So I wonder well, if we did that again. Waller got injured, didn't he? Is he? I think he. I don't think he's playing anymore. Oh. Then they're completely screwed. I don't know if he's like done for the season, but he's. I don't think he'll be playing when we play them. And they they, they cannot run the ball either. In that so, case, I got, I've got nothing to add here. I think they're just gonna get killed. Basically, they're totally relying on Derek Carr making great plays. Well, so have fun with that. With the state of our pass rush secondary, I think they're gonna get pummeled. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Answer the arrowhead, and it's gonna be cold. Derek Carr, cold weather. Can't handle the cold. Doesn't work. No. All right, game balls. All right, I got a spicy one. Oh boy, I think you know this is coming. Yeah, I'm giving it to Dan Sorensen. You know what? Hey, every week that he has a pick six, he can get a game <laughs> ball. That's fine. That's the deal. For absolutely clowning the Broncos with the, the pick six, mm-hmm. knocking their quarterback down, and then high stepping into the end zone, mm-hmm. he gets my game ball because probably not gonna be able to get too many to him. So, yeah, do what I can. Let's see. Well, since we're going to the defensive side of the ball, apparently, um, 
I go with Strawberry's board. You know, he he didn't have the interception we thought he would, but also you got to be in good position to have the interception opportunity. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had like a a bad Charbarius game. Yeah, I'm also starting to come around with that he's good. Yeah, which is a little alarming. He he's always been kind of good, but it's always been like good game, good game, terrible game, good game, good game, terrible game. But yeah. now I think he's he's starting to get some consistency. I think it was that game against Seattle where Russell Wilson just destroyed him. Yes, with a couple of very well placed balls. And that was the very first game that he'd ever played for us. So you sure about that? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think like the Marcus Cooper experience. You might not even remember at this point. Nope. Uh, or like uh, what was that guy's name? Rice, Philip Gaines. There's like oh, there's all these yeah. Chiefs corners kind of coming out of nowhere, like, him. and they would do all right for a while, but then they would just get completely exposed. Mm-hmm. So I think I've been I've been suffering with that syndrome for a while with Charvarius Ward, but maybe he's there. Maybe he's maybe he's good now. I don't want to jinx it though. Yeah. All right, offensive side of the ball. What's your what's your game ball? Um. Hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of struggling. I don't feel. I don't really feel like anyone had a particularly good game. I got a weird one. You ready for it? Yeah. Andrew Wiley. Oh, all right. Because this week I did not notice him at right tackle at all. Which means he did a great job. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Um, I guess I'll just give my name Creed because he's been great all season. Um, I'll just give it to him. That dude might be like a first first team All Pro this year. He he is like I know people don't get real excited about offensive linemen, and they should. They should, yes. But he has been awesome. Yeah. I mean, if, if they did like a redraft, he would be like first overall pick. Or not first overall, but first round pick. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Probably goes like the top, I don't know, 10, 12 or so. It's wild to think about like this year, I think Smith, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, and Nick Bolton are all like first round pick quality. Yes. And if you take that, if you take that in the last year with Sneed, it's like, man, these are actually some very solid Brad Beach drafts that we're seeing. Yeah. You got like two years there where it's like hits across the board for the most part, mm-hmm. which is great. Oh, yeah. I think, and wait, two years ago was with a gay too, right? Yeah. Man. Okay. So so maybe things are going to be okay. You know, we all get a little nervous as the breathing speaks and Tenno Passanio. I almost forgot his name. Oh, did they? I don't yeah. think they drafted him, did they? I think that was a Dorsey pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, well, just, just Breland speaks, full stop. We all got a bit nervous about Beach's ability to draft, but now it's looking okay. The Rashad Finn draft, it's looking a lot better now. Yeah, like boy, I hope he's, what's going on with him? Uh, he injured his knee, and it looked really bad on the field. I heard it after the game from a uh, beat reporter that it was not like season ending and wasn't like a severe injury. I kind of thought he would be back playing this week, but it looks like he's going to be another week or two. So it'd be, it'd be great to get him back because he's been really been playing lights out. Yeah, hopefully he gets right for the playoff push. Um, but I mean, I thought Hughes and Baker did all right in this game. Now, if we, if we went and played like the Bills, we'd probably have a tough time. Yeah, given that cast of characters. But fortunately, we don't have to. We don't have to play them again to the playoffs. Nope. All right. This being Monday night. Um, any thoughts on the uh, Bills-Patriots game? It has ramifications for the Chiefs. Uh, I was speaking to you prior to the podcast, and I'll share this again because the listeners were not yeah. present. Yeah. Um, this is the most important game to me as a football fan uh, out of the entire year with the qualification that the Chiefs are not involved. Yeah. So the most important game where the Chiefs are not playing mm-hmm. because I kind of like the Bills – uh, even though we've kind of been rivals in the last year or two. Frenemies. Yeah, kind of. Um, and I really hate the Patriots. Of course. So if the Patriots win tonight, I will be just a little bit devastated. Now, I saw on Twitter, Mac Jones said he had never seen snow before. Ah, I too saw that tweet and noted that it was from 2015. So he might have seen snow since then. <laughs> but that means he's very bad at it. <laughs> well, he you, don't see snow, you don't see snow until you're like 17. You're not familiar with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. People, Southerners, man, they don't know how to handle snow. Yeah. When, Driving, when, walking. when in Alabama would he have seen snow? Never. Never. No. Nope. Not unless they had some weird out-of-conference game. Yeah. Man, I hope the Bills win. I don't know if they will or not, but I hope they will. 
I think they could. It's, it's in Buffalo, right? Yeah. I think that they... Uh, it's going to be a blizzard. Yeah, I think the blizzard helps them. I think that the home team helps them. I think, uh, especially if they let Mac Jones pass in 35-degree wind, or, or, or 35-mile-per-hour wind, I'd be 35 degrees too, I don't know. That helps them. They're going to need to have a good Josh Allen game. If they get bad Josh Allen, they're screwed. Let me let me pause the in this instance, a good Josh Allen game is like running the ball twenty times, not passing. Twenty Which, times? Twenty times. That's in, that's like Lamar doesn't even run that often. I don't care. They can't stop him. <laughs> they can't stop him. He's not gonna be able to pass. Yeah. I mean, they might eventually figure it out, but I mean, yeah, I'm all for it. As long as he doesn't get hurt. I would love just like nothing but zone read run plays from the Bills. <laughs> just run like a like a freaking wing team. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'd watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for the Bills pretty hard tonight. I don't even know if it really makes sense in terms of, like, the Chiefs seeding. I think it does, because... No, it probably doesn't, because we... I mean, if you think the Chiefs have a legitimate shot at the first seed, then yeah, you, you're cheering for the Bills. If you're just about, like, oh, the Chiefs need to have the best second or worst seed, you're probably cheering for the Patriots. I don't know. On that note, before we close up here... You will notice in the AFC that as it stands right now before the Bills-Patriots game, every one of the division leaders in the AFC has a record of 8-4. and four. Exactly. Yeah. Which means that the Chiefs, although we have we don't have the tiebreaker over like basically all of those teams, it means we are 100% in the running for the first seed. Which yeah. I thought was just completely beyond us because I thought one of these teams would run away with it, and none of them have. Well, yeah, we said on this podcast it was impossible for the Chiefs to get the one seed. Yeah, I think you said that. Extremely <laughs> unlikely they would win the division. I think you said that. And it was still a decent chance they'd make the playoffs. I said that, yeah. Yeah. But, again, football is weird. You just never know about stuff. Yeah, plus, I mean, no one's going to go back and listen to those old podcasts, so it's fine. No. No. I always believe in Chiefs. <laughs> 100%. All right. right. Any, any last thoughts here? Uh, I don't think so. Go Chiefs. Have a happy Raider week, mm. and hopefully we beat them again. Raiders suck. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.